You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. And on today's show, I'll also be joined by John Kegley. He's going to get into this crossover today. But this episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. If you're watching the Chargers, just make sure you're close to a hospital because they might give you a heart attack. But all you need to know is that Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And this is our third season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, it's Thursday, so you know it's Crossover Thursday, and today we're going to be joined by your boy Q from the Locked On Raiders podcast, one of my favorite hosts on the network. But first, thank you to all of our loyal listeners for coming in and checking us out today, and thank you to everyone who's deciding to check us out for the first time today, and you have a good one if it's your first time, because in the Crossover segment, they're going to be getting into what the Raiders are going to try to do to beat the Chargers this weekend. They're also going to talk about how the Raiders have looked over the last few games, picking up wins last week against the Browns and before that against the Kansas City Chiefs, and also talk about the panic level for Josh Jacobs, who has been pretty mediocre so far in 2020. But we're going to be starting with the news that starting right tackle Brian Bulaga, after coming back finally since the first week of the season, talked with the media and opened up about his struggles coming back from his back injury and also talked about Justin Herbert a little bit as well as this team learning to finish off games. So let's go ahead and get into it. On Wednesday, Chargers starting right tackle Brian Bulaga opened up about his struggles with his back injury and also about his new rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert. This is Daniel Wade with your Locked On Chargers lead story. Los Angeles Chargers starter Brian Bulaga returned to the lineup last Sunday against the Denver Broncos and the Chargers were better for it, specifically in the running game because the Chargers had their best game of the season, rushing for 210 yards while also having their most efficient running game as well, averaging the most yards per carry they've had as a team so far this season, especially after two games where they really struggled to run the ball. But Brian Bulaga did talk with the media on Wednesday to kind of open up about his back injury because many people were wondering why he was gone so long. He ended up being a limited participant in practice the last couple of weeks, but couldn't make it onto the field until last Sunday. And what he said was, I don't want to go into a game that unfortunately, if something goes wrong with my back or something happens, that someone has to come in cold off the bench after a few series. That's the worst way to put one of your teammates in that situation. So I wanted to make sure if I was able to come back and play from this, that I would be 100%. And I think he brings up a good point because that is something that Brian Bulaga has actually struggled with during his career. It's not just the games that he's missed entirely, but it's also going into games and then having to leave the game midway because of an injury. And if you're putting, you know, in the, for example, Trey Pipkins out there, and now he's coming in cold, it could make him look bad. He might not be ready to go in right at that moment. And you just don't want to put your teammates in that situation. So I can understand, especially with the back injury, 
waiting until you finally know that you're not going to go out there and re-aggravate it or at least have more of a chance to re-aggravate it. And you're not going to go out there and have to get pulled midway through the game. But what everyone usually talks about in these press conferences is Justin Herbert. And he was asked about Justin Herbert. And he was asked to compare Justin Herbert to Aaron Rodgers. And he didn't want to go that far. And I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to put those kind of expectations on a rookie. But what he did say is that Justin has shown so much poise since that first start in Kansas City till now. And his growth, just his comfort, not just when the ball is in his hands, but in the huddle, taking control of things and seeing that growth has been fun and seeing his confidence grow. After he throws a pick on the first series, he didn't shy away from anything. He just got back at it. You don't see him get shy once those negative things happen. That's a good sign for a young guy or anyone. And I think this is something that most Charger fans have been impressed by. Obviously, last week it was his first week where he had two interceptions in one game, but I think one of those was only partially his fault. But I do think that there is something to that, having the ability and the resiliency to bounce back in a game where on your first throw of the game, you throw an interception. And what did we see after that? He ended up leading three straight touchdown drives where he went 13 of 13 for 153 yards in three touchdowns. So to see your rookie quarterback like that bounce back in that way, I think is something that has impressed a lot of people. And as you can tell, definitely impressed Brian Bulaga, who got to play with a pretty good quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. But it is great to hear what he's saying about Justin Herbert growing more confidence in the huddle, taking more of a command of this team and this offensive line and really you know, making checks at the line of scrimmage and all of those things he's been able to do and things that he really wasn't able to do very much in college. So it is good to hear those things because I think it just keeps boosting you know, something that was seen as a weakness from Justin Herbert. He's getting a little bit more comfortable in his own skin, and he's really starting to take control of this offense. But one of the other things the Chargers have really struggled with, especially the last four weeks historically, being the only team to blow four consecutive 16-point leads, even though they won against the Jaguars, Bulaga was asked about learning how to win these games and if there is something to it. And what he said was, as a team, as a whole, from top to bottom, when we get in these situations, we have to find a killer instinct and put these teams away. Up front, we have to find another gear in the second half of games and in the fourth quarter to put these things out and get that killer mentality. With how these games have gone, it's tough and it's an emotional roller coaster. But what's been positive for me is that the locker room, you haven't seen these guys waver. No one has their head down. There's no finger pointing. It's been really positive. But what he was saying is that it's got to be full throttle 100% of the time and that this team has to cut out the lulls in their mindset. And I think when you think about how dominant, especially defensively, that this team has been in the first half of some of these games and then the polar opposite in the second half, you have seen that there have been some lulls. You have seen that there's been some broken coverages and guys losing concentration. And even though you're having a good defensive game, one play kind of feels like it unravels the whole thing. Last week, it's the play that Nazir Adderley slips on that goes for a 40-plus yard touchdown. It's the Philip Lindsay 55-yard touchdown run after you'd bottled up the running game all season long. So obviously, this team does have to find a killer instinct. And Brian Bulaga believes that this team knows that they're going to win and that coming soon, they are going to be able to finish these games. But we do have two more segments to get into because it is crossover. We're going to be talking to your boy Q. John Kegley gets in on the crossover action. But first, I need to tell you guys that everyone goes through their day. And at the end of the day, for me, it's about five o'clock. You hit that wall. You feel like you need to take a nap. But if you're like me, you probably have some other things to do. And I can help you guys with that because 
from the creators of Built Bar, the best protein bar. They have come out with an energy supplement to help you get through the day. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, and it's natural, so it's better for your body as well. I take Built Go pretty much every single day, especially when I know I have to do a late podcast or anything like that. I usually have the peanut butter honey flavor, and it really just saves me from that nap and saves me some much-needed time to get ready for the show. But you can also find them in chocolate coconut and chocolate mint. And what I like about them too is I can take them with me to work. You can put them in your briefcase. You can put them in your golf bag. They're soft. They're easy to use. You take it and you're going to have that energy to break through that wall at the end of your day. And all you have to do is visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you can get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED, all caps, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. All right, so now is my turn, Q, to ask you some questions on your Raiders, who are 4-3 and three to start the season. But this is a team whose talent-wise should say that they should be at least 6-1, and one, especially after they, they beat the Chiefs. So what is your assessment so far on the Raiders' season? Uh, you know, it's it's been up and down. You know, it's had its highs. It's had a few lows. Uh, but for the most part, you know, the Raiders have done what they need to do to get back on track. You know, they haven't really allowed one loss to beat them twice, which is something that the Raiders of old probably would have done. Um, you know, Derek Carr has been doing really well navigating the offense, using the weapons that have been put around him to set them up and put them in good place. And and I really don't have too many complaints about the offense. If any of them, if, if any complaints I had, it was probably the fact that the first round draft pick Henry Ruggs, John Gruden and company haven't really figured out how to get him so involved into the game, like really have him be a big time weapon. You know, when he was drafted, uh, John Gruden was talking about he was looking at him as his Tyreek Hill. Well, uh, you very well know, and I very well know, Tyreek Hill gets a lot of burn in Kansas City and gets a lot of attention, and he does a lot of things in that offense. Well, Henry Ruggs has not quite lived up to that, that point yet. Now, I will say when he's out there on the field, with his speed alone, he changes the game. You know, he makes teams obviously respect that speed and it opens up for other players, but he wasn't picked number 12 overall just to be a decoy. You know, he was he was picked to be a guy that could really be a big-time contributor, uh, you know, uh, basically a number one wide receiver on this team that has nice complementary parts but doesn't have that explosive game-changing dude. He can be that guy, and so I'm waiting to see how long it's going to take for John Gruden and Derek Carr to, to really get this guy all on the same page and get him going and, and get him to be that focal point in the offense but uh with that with that being said the team is still doing really well I mean you've seen them put up 34 points 34 points 40 points give the Kansas City Chiefs the only loss that they have of the season I mean they've they've done some really good things this year uh and then that's offensively <laughs> and then when you look at the defense you kind of scratch your head and say what in the world's going on you know they spend a lot of money defensively uh in the offseason trying to bring in some linebackers Corey Littleton and Nick Wachowski you know, they brought in some guys in the back end. Uh, you brought in some guys on the defensive line, brought them over from Dallas, you know, got a new defensive line coach, Rob Marinelli. So I was thinking, I was, you know, pounding the table all offseason saying this defense is going to be a lot better. It might take a little bit of time to, to really get all on the same page, but it's going to be a lot better just because of everything they invested in it. And, well, it just hasn't been seen yet. You know, there's been some moments where it's like, okay, that's pretty good. And then there's other moments like, what in the world was that? And so it's just, it's one of those uh, weekly adventures. John Gruden said it a couple weeks ago when the Raiders uh, lost to Tampa Bay. You'll see something new. You're going to see us change. We're going to fix our defense. If we can't get home with the front four, then we're going to have to figure out the four to put there, or we're going to have to figure out another way to get home and get after the quarterback. But Honestly, that's been the biggest issue. And, you know, we talked Chargers in the last segment, and and I know that's what you were saying. The front four just aren't getting home. Well, 
lo and behold, the Raiders have the same issues. The, the, the front four aren't getting home, allowing the, quarterback, allowing the quarterbacks way too much time uh, to get that ball off. So uh, that would be my biggest concern is just how the defense is growing. Offensively, very happy with what I'm seeing from the Raiders. But defensively, that still needs to gel. Well, Chargers have a, one of the worst offensive lines you'll ever look at. It's like held together with like duct tape and popsicle sticks, basically. <laughs> but that's, that's going to help the, the Raiders' defensive line really get through but the Chargers defensive line, as we mentioned, doesn't get a push. So what do you think your grade would be on the Raiders offensive line this year? Because I think that's got to be a big key in helping Josh Jacobs perform as well as he has. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the offensive line, it's funny you asked about that because the starting offensive line has only played together three snaps so far this season. That was the first three snaps of the of the season, uh, the very first game against Carolina. And then right tackle Trent Brown went down with a calf injury. And Trent Brown has only played one full game, and that was against Kansas City. And that was, what, week five? And that's all he's played, 67 total snaps all season long. Richie Incognito's out with the Achilles injury. Uh, so it's been, you know, guys have been kind of filling in, playing different positions. Denzel Good went from being the right tackle to the left guard. John Simpson, the rookie, has gone in at left guard. I mean, there's been a mixed match of guys. Gabe Jackson, the, the all-pro right guard, he got kicked out of one game for some BS, but either way, he got kicked out. I mean, it's just been like a bunch of different rotation of guys. And to Tom Cable, who's the offensive uh, or the offensive line coach, He's, you got to give him a lot of credit because he's had these guys set up and done. they've done a really good job, even though they're not necessarily the starters, and you wouldn't think that they would be able to hold their own and live up to what they're supposed to be doing. But for those guys to be backups, for most of them to be backups, I mean, you still got Rodney Hudson at the center position. you got Colton Miller at the left tackle position. Those two are solid. But everyone else has been in or out of the lineup. I mean, they, they've still done really, really well. So I, I can't give them an A because it's not the starters and it's guys that are filling in and they're, they're never going to be, you know, as good as the starting five. But I would still say that they were at least a B just because, again, they're giving the Raiders opportunities. Josh Jacobs had his best rushing game of the, of, of the, uh, the year on, uh, on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, there's just they're giving Derek Carr time to throw the ball. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good things going on. And, again, this is a lot of backups. So I give Tom Cable a lot of credit for what he's done and having these guys prepared to go when, uh, when their number is called. So I'd give the, the offensive line probably a B. Well, you mentioned Josh Jacobs, right? They're having his best game against the Browns. He That was his first 100-yard game of the season, surprisingly. Yep. But he's he's averaging like 3.6 yards per carry. What would you say is a good reason for why he's only getting 3.6 yards per carry this year and not getting more 100-yard games this year as well? You know, that's a good question. It's something that uh, a lot of us have been asking and wondering what's going on with Josh Jacobs. And, you know, last season, his rookie year, he was breaking a lot of tackles. He'd get hit and then get five, six, seven yards after after contact. This year, he hasn't really done that as much. He hasn't had any uh, long runs either, the big, long 20, 30, 45-yard rushes. He hasn't had any of those. It's all been kind of, you know, um, you know three or four yards here or there. And so I just, I just kind of think that it's a product of not having the same guys in there at the offensive line, not being able to practice. I mean, one week, uh, what was it, going up against Tampa Bay, uh, the week that they were supposed to play Sunday night, and then they got flexed up to a, a Sunday afternoon game because they didn't even know if they were going to have a game. They didn't know if it was going to get moved or not because Trent Brown had, had tested positive for COVID-19, and the whole entire offensive line was in quarantine. So it was all backups practicing all week long. And then all of a sudden the starters came back and played on Sunday, but without Trent Brown. So I think a lot of it just has to do with the mixed match of, of guys like I was talking about earlier. I don't think they're all on the same page yet. 
Uh, I will say, last week against Cleveland, he had a really good game, but he really had that game after Devontae Booker, uh, and who used to be a Bronco, uh, he, he came in and had only had like five carries, but the carries he had, John, he was running so strong, and he was breaking tackles, and he was running with a purpose. I kind of feel like Josh Jacobs was standing on the sidelines saying, wait, hold on. Why is he doing that and I'm not doing that? So when he got back into the game, man, he really started busting it and started getting after it and breaking a bunch of tackles. And uh, all of a sudden, you could just see that he was cooking, man. He was cooking with grease, like I like to say. Uh, he had a big smile on his face, and he just felt himself getting better and better and lathered up and going. And that's when they ended up feeding him 31 times. He picked up 128 yards on the ground. Uh, it's 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 a good thing if you get a, a motivated Josh Jacobs, and he's always motivated, but I think that maybe seeing Devontae Booker go out there and do some some nice things made him even more fired up and more ready to go and just gave him a little bit more uh, axe to grind, and he went out there and, and he made it happen. So uh, he might be in a, in a real good place, and you mentioned the Chargers' rush defense is not that good. He might be licking his chops right now waiting for that game on Sunday. Oh, I bet he is, and I don't know. I think <laughs> cooking with grease is probably going to be my new favorite slogan to use for the uh, opponent teams' running games now. That's a that's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> so with the Raiders' defense, they've been kind of up and down this year, as you would as you would know. And with the Chargers' offense, they've shown that they could put up about thirty points a game, just about. Yeah. So what do you think it would be the Raiders? keys to stopping this Chargers offense with this with how inconsistent their defense has been uh, they got to get home they, they got to get after the quarterback they got to put some pressure on uh, Justin Herbert and this guy as you very well know can move around in the pocket he's got the legs to make it happen he can move the pocket or he could just run and pick up some yardage and pick up some first downs they've got to put pressure on the quarterback they didn't sack Tom Brady a couple weeks ago they didn't sack him one time matter of fact they only got one hit on him he dropped back to pass the ball 43 times and they only hit him once last week against Baker Mayfield they didn't they didn't get him on the ground at all they moved him off the spot a couple times but they didn't sack him at all so it's gone two games no sacks very little pressure on the quarterback you just can't do that you know you you really can't especially with a guy who's mobile like Justin Herbert who can say you know what they're gonna let me sit back here one I could pick him apart or two I could take off running to pick up some yardage so I think it all starts up front I really do I think that the front four have to get home I think Paul Gunther's gonna dial up some safety blitzes with uh, Jonathan Abram he did that last week against Cleveland you saw Abram uh, cheating up by the line of scrimmage quite a bit and I'll tell you who he reminded me of he reminded me of Jamal Adams a lot the way that like the Jets used to use him Greg Williams the defensive coordinator in New York used to use Jamal Adams to get after the quarterback and and uh you know matter of fact think uh what 2019 Jamal Adams actually led the Jets in sacks which probably should never happen because he's a safety but that's similar to what Paul Gunther was using uh Jonathan Abram uh last week that was the first time he'd really done that so I think you're going to see a lot more of that just trying to get Justin Herbert uncomfortable trying to get him off that spot uh that's where it's all going to start uh, after that, the the Raiders are really good against the run. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, who are who want to run the ball all day long, uh, they didn't run the ball uh, half as well as they usually do. The Raiders did a good job defensively against that. But again, if you don't get any pressure on the quarterback, that the back end is not going to hold up very long, and that's where the Raiders they fall victim. You know, the the corners, uh, Damon Arnett, their their first round pick, number nineteen overall, he's been out. Uh, he he was on IR. He's got a wrist injury, so he's trying to work his way back. Trayvon Mullins, a really good player, the second-year dude out of Clemson. Uh, but, you know, you got questions with Nevin Lawson. You know, he's a liability. He's a weak link. So he's a guy that will probably get picked on a lot if, uh, you know, he's got Keenan Allen matched up against him or Mike Williams, uh, you know, matched up against him. 
uh, wherever whoever's in the slot, the slot's probably going to be successful. LaMarcus Joyner is not a slot corner. He should be playing safety, but for some reason, the Raiders have it in their mind that they he has to play slot corner, and he doesn't do that well. So uh, those are the areas of concern for the defense. Uh, I think that they, like I said, they'll do a good job when slowing down the run, but I, it, without pressure on the quarterback, without getting to Justin Herbert, knocking him down and making him uncomfortable, it could be a long day for that defense. I hope Gus Bradley is listening to this. Do you hear that? The safety blitz, Gus. <laughs> it works. <laughs> so my last question for you before we go into some game predictions here. With the Chargers' defensive struggles this year coming in the second half, what do you think is going to be the Raiders' keys to beating the Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram duo and trying to score another 30 points on this Chargers' defense? Um, I think that they're going to do what you said. Uh, they're going to try to run the rock a lot. I think they're going to try to limit the possessions. You know, that's how you slow down the score, uh, limit the possessions, something John Gruden likes to do. Uh, we like to call it taking the air out of the game, you know, just holding on to the rock and, and keeping Justin Herbert and that offense on the sideline. Uh, they can't really score unless it's a defensive score if the offense is on the sideline. So I think that you're going to get a heavy dose of the run game, both Devontae Booker and Josh Jacobs. And then I think you're going to see Derek Carr get the ball out of his hands quickly, especially if he's got that two-headed monster. Like you mentioned, uh, Ingram and Bosa coming after him. And I don't know if Bosa's playing or not, but I'm sure that'll be like a game-time decision. Either way, both those guys can get after the quarterback. So I really do expect him to get the ball out of his hand pretty quickly. He did a really good job getting his uh, the ball out of his hands last week against Miles Garrett, plus the offensive line did a good job protecting him. Uh, you know, he did get sacked a couple times. Olivier Vernon got to him, but uh, for the most part, he's doing a pretty good job getting the ball out of his hands. So you'll see a heavy dose of the run game. You'll see him go to Darren Waller early and often. Uh, Hunter Renfro, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he'll come out the slot and he'll just – He'll just sit down in a in an open zone and make himself available for Derek Carr, and you know that could be a, a six yard pass turn into a twenty yard gain. You know, it's just it's just that simple, and that that goes for the, the running back too. Jalen Richard out of the backfield, Josh Jacobs out of the backfield, Devontae Booker out of the backfield. This is one thing that Booker did last week that I thought was very impressive. It was third and eighteen, and Derek Carr dumped it off to Devontae Booker just. You know, whatever, just it's like a screen and not a screenplay. It's almost like a, a draw play where you're just kind of giving up on it. He just dumped it off to Devontae Booker. He went and picked up 17 yards and gave them an opportunity for fourth and one. They took it. They went for it. They picked it up and they ended up going down and scoring a touchdown. So uh, these guys, they'll make the most of it once they get the, the ball in their hands. So I think that you'll see uh, Derek Carr get get out of, a, you know, get out of certain plays quickly and, and get the ball out of his hands quickly just so he can avoid Ingrams, just so he can avoid uh, Joey Bosa because those guys uh, if you get them lathered up they get after the quarterback and it could be a long time a long day for DC but I, I think I think that's what you'll see man a, a lot of the run game and uh, quick passes to get get uh, get this, his players in space well one thing Derek Carr should try to do is get out of the pocket if Bosa or Ingram shoots up the field a little bit too high escape that pocket and extend the play and that's where the Chargers usually mess up That'll give Derek Carr plenty of opportunities to get a third down conversion or even draw up defensive pass interference. I think Derek Carr should really try to get out of the pocket after the play starts. Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because that's something that Raider fans have been screaming for years. Like, hey, man, use your legs. You're not, you know, you're not a, a, a sinking ship. You're not tied down by by weights or anything. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have anchors on your on your ankles. And last week he did that. He ran for 41 yards against the Browns, and he was the second leading rusher in the game. I was, I was really impressed with that. Something John Gruden's been saying a lot. Keep plays alive with your legs, man. You're athletic enough to do it. He even did, did a, um, a, an RPO and, and decided that he was going to keep the ball and picked up a big first down 
down, got it right down by the goal line. Uh, so he's starting to get mobile. He's starting to use his legs and trust his legs. So that could be something that you see Derek Carr do as well. And that would be something that would really beat the Chargers because pass interference is something that we tend to do when plays are extended like that. So with all that being said, Q, it is time to put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> what score are you giving this game? Well, um, man, they didn't. the Raiders only scored 16 points last week against Cleveland, but that the weather was terrible. The conditions was awful. Derek Carr only threw for 112 yards, but that was not a statistical game. That was not one of those that you weren't going to have a, a really good performance just because the weather was so terrible. I think that the Raiders get back on track in the nice controlled climate there in, in L.A. and SoFi Stadium. Uh, I think that this is a playoff team. I really do. And the way to be a playoff team is you've got to go on a run. You've got to win multiple games, two, three, four games in a row. They've won one. I think that they need to win this game. They have three games against division opponents the next three weeks, Chargers, then Denver, then KC. Uh, those are going to be a, a three-game stretch. I think they need to win this game. So I'm going to say that they go in there, take advantage of the defensive struggles. I think that they pick up the victory, and I'm going to say they get 34-26 to 26 will be the final score. I would just like to point out, in my years of doing Locked On Chargers, I have never picked the Raiders to win, and that changes today. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I, I think the Chargers are going to have more of their second half moves where they start letting the team run the ball, and then you just can't stop the passing game. And I think the Raiders are probably going to come from behind on the Chargers and win this game. I'm giving it 34-30 to 30 Raiders. Wow. It's all Josh Jacobs, really, and even Devin Booker. Like, Devin Booker is someone that's not talked about enough on this team because when he was with the Broncos, he was part of the Broncos' passing offense, and we would have trouble tackling him. We'd make him fumble, but we'd have trouble tackling him. But with the Raiders team where John Gruden's a lot more aggressive, which means people that hit hard are going to hit even harder, Devin Booker is going to be a lot more harder to tackle. I just, have, I just feel like the second half of this game is going to be really hard for the Chargers. All right. Well, I, I like it. I think Raider Nation will like it too. Uh, you're you're picking you're picking the Raiders to win, so that that'll work. Uh, hey, I, I think the Raiders would have no problem going to L.A., picking up a W, and heading back to Las Vegas five and three overall in the season. Uh, I think Raider Nation would uh, be very proud of that and uh, throw two thumbs up for you. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, kind of goes with my uh, preseason prediction of picking the Chargers to go six and ten. Damn. <laughs> so it, it kind of fits, I guess, right? All right, well, that is going to wrap things up for today's show. I like that John Kegley is picking the Chargers to lose. Of course, I'm surprised that it's the first time he's picked them to lose since we started this podcast. But a special thanks to your boy Q. I mean, one of my favorites, as I've said, super informed on the Raiders. And I do think that is, you know, how the Raiders are going to attack the Chargers this weekend. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow because we had to get into our game and bold predictions as well as our keys for success for the Chargers to get back in the win column. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page of Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us and all of the amazing podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can give us a follow on Spotify or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. That's the fastest and easiest way to get the show. But if you guys want to get your voices on the show, you can call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. The number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. As always, until then, take it easy and go Bolts.